Well, <laughs> oh. top of the morning to you. Top of the morning to you. Hello, folks. Welcome in to We the Peeps. This is, of course, the American Soccer Podcast, in which you are going to get to know everything that you need to know about the USMNT as they qu- attempt, as they embark on the journey uh, of qualifying. For the World Cup. Qualies. I'm Clayton and I'm an artist. Qualies. I'm Ty. I'm an entrepreneur. And we love these gnats. These boring, boring quali gnats. <laughs> it's We The Peeps. It's We The Peeps. Welcome to We The Peeps. Are you ready for We The Peeps? Holy moly, it's We The Peeps. Folks, the game was USA versus El Salvador. The feels. Two U.S. head coaches. U.S. dual nats facing off against each other. Lots of symmetry in this one, including the final scoreline, 0-0. It was a... It was... I can't say it was a thrilling match, but I can say that the discussion we'll have about this match will be everything that you you want it to be. It's going to be thrilling, funny, hilarious, sometimes infuriating. Um, many of the things missing from, from the, the match that we watched uh, recently. USA versus El Salvador. But first, folks, please, as always, a little housekeeping. Hit us up on Twitter, at WTPPod. That's a really fun way to hang out with us throughout the week. You do not have to assume that this podcast in your podcatcher feed is the only way to get this sweet, sweet content. You can get a little bit of juice from that Twitter at WTP Pod. You can also find us content. on your tubes. Hit up YouTube, search WTP Pod. We will come up, hit that subscribe button, hit that bell button so that you know when we are streaming live during these games. Um, Ty, we had a few folks with us last night. It was so fun. To hang out with you, it always is to hang out with you guys on the uh, live stream on YouTube. It's extremely meaningful to us that you are interested in spending your time doing that. Um, And we're going to continue doing it because you continue to do it. We love this. It's been really fun. Join us on the YouTubes. Also, hit us with a five-star review. We really need that. Those make a huge, huge difference uh, when it comes to our podcast ranking, I know it sounds ridiculous, but the the cheapest, one of the cheapest, most effective ways that you can help us out is with a five star iTunes review. And if you hit us with a one of those, we gonna read it on to her. Just to give you a sense, we are at about eighty eight uh, reviews on iTunes. Most of them cincos. Thank you. And we would love to get to hundred. You get to hundred, that would be that would be big for us. So this, so so could you help us get to the the Centenario Day iTunes? Please you, find twelve people, living dead. I don't give a fuck. We don't care. Find, yeah. find find anybody with go into the Apple Store and just cinco cinco cinco. Cinco really cinco. Hit you. up those burner emails. Do what you got to do. <laughs> burner emails, absolutely. VPN tore into into somebody else's computer. <laughs> Whatever yeah, it takes, baby. Out, I don't know what, what's W I P N <laughs> something. I don't really know. Computers, guys, come on now. Uh, but do that for us. And last but certainly not least, um, we got some new patrons on the Patreon. Now, one of the viewers who joined us last night. 
on the live stream and YouTube said that they would give us one billions of Jurgen bucks on the Patreon if the U.S. won. The U.S. did not win. So Damn it, guys! The U.S. What failed are you doing? Once again. However, uh, these four names, um, you know, decided to support in spite of it all. We've got Kevin Tower. It's your boy, K-Dot. Hey, we, have some, we have some very <laughs> close uh, friends of the show in, in this edition of New Patrons. Uh, we have Thanks, buddy. That's so have, nice. We have KevBot. Uh, we have Joshua Kranz, who I believe, I could be mistaken, was on for the $3 one that we started with. And I think maybe upgraded his? I don't know. Anyways, we Joshua Thank Kranz. Thank you, Josh. We're going to say, I just assume this is a brand new first time Billions of Jurgen Bucks commitment to us. We have Kwam Das. You know Kwame. You what? love Kwame. We all know and love Kwame. Kwam Das has. I'm sorry oh, to Kevin. That's so nice. I'm Kwame. sorry to some of these. If you guys didn't want to be shouted out personally and like have me give people your social security number, you should have just told me. <laughs> um, and shouldn't have so put it in a form. So <laughs> you shouldn't have done that. Thank you so much. Uh, what was Josh's Kwam credit Dass. card again? Yeah, right. Seven, eight, nine. And last up, we've got a new friend <laughs> whose payment came through in euros. This is, I'm really just putting people yes. in the um, Evan Pettyjohn. Uh, thank you, Evan Pettyjohn. Thank Guys, you, Evan. The show is not free to produce, and your contributions make it possible for us to not sacrifice other important areas of life, uh, such as our uh, Ties Kids education and my dental bills. So thank you. Thank you so much for allowing us to continue living functional lives while being USMNT fans <laughs> and of house or keeping. Guys, this game was uh, slow, as I mentioned, so let's get this recap going as quickly as possible. Maddie, two hands, turn it. Both gloves to you on a Stefan injury, we think. Some kind of a back situation. Let's go uh, Reem Robinson, the dynamic duo. We, What's the, yeah, what's the... What's a pop cultural reference with one person who's really old and one person who's very young? Uh, Reem Robinson. Uh, on the left, we're going to have Desk, and on the right, DeAndre Yedlin. Gentry. His tattoo says... Andre! Gentry. Andre de Yedlin. Uh, his tattoo says Gentry. How many times can I possibly get that wrong and say Gent? Which is a thing that doesn't exist. It means nothing. That's At a city. Six. A city uh, he does not play in. <laughs> At the six. At the six. Oh, God, yes. It's Tyler Adams. Finally, dual eights. Watch your fucking back. Actually, this might have been a 10-8 situation. Aronson and McKenney. Loving it. Loving it. We're going to have welcome back into the fold. Not your first cap. Is it his first senior cap, Conrad De La Fuente? No, he had he had a couple subbies before. It's not your first cap, but this one. It's your first real cap, dude. It's your first real cap, son. Welcome in, Conrad. Uh, how's your French? We've got Giovanni Reyna, the artist formerly known as, <laughs> whatever, Claudio Reyna. Ty's shower thought recently is if Claudio Reyna, if, if Giovanni Reyna is this much better than Claudio Reyna, how much better will Gio's kid be than him? <laughs> how Gio's kid's going to be wild. <laughs> There's got to be a diminishing returns on this at some point. Gio might be the peak. And then at the nine, we're going to have Josh Sargent. Guys, this game started with El Salvador dropping the most fire oh, wow. anthem. Fire. Their anthem is fire. It includes calls to action. The only thing it's missing is an 808. <laughs> this is a fucking fire anthem from El Salvador. Thank you, guys. Early on, yes. a couple things. There was 
There was no goals, really very few, very little goal mouth action. Um, so, so I'm just going to mention some things that did happen. All right. We saw Tyler Adams scrapping with an El Salvador player over a free kick, which was nice to see captain Tyler Adams, by the way. Uh, then short, shortly thereafter, uh, doing the no foul hands where he's, he's got both feet in, he's harrying you, but he's got both his hands kind of behind his head and like a, a, ma- a Macarena. Yeah, situation. just because your hands, just because your hands are out, doesn't mean you're not kicking that guy. <laughs> <Loved it. laughs> you can still commit Loved fouls it. like this. <laughs> Loved it. Uh, U.S. started strong, uh, but El Salvador found their way into this game uh, with by about 15 minutes in. Uh, McKenny tanks an El Salvador player and then sort of teabags him while asking him if he's good, being being helpful as uh, dude. What's wrong with you? Say what's up? Are you good? Are you all right? <laughs> He's just, he's got like both knees on his chest. Um, And then in the 30th minute, Dest also did a little bit of that sort of discussing, sunning an El Salvador player. So there was a pattern in this first half that emerged of U.S. leaders, uh, Adams, McKinney, and Dest, all establishing, if uh, if not... Ball playing dominance, certainly conversational dominance uh, on the field there. And, and that's something that counts for something. 35th, 31st minute, we saw uh, Matty Two Hands turn it with the fattest feet of all time. Um, slips out for a corner. He ended up getting the save. We can only imagine that he was he was calculating the many parallel paths that this game could take and realized that he needed to kick this ball out of bounds. The corner, the corner was the us. optimal result. In that situation. Yes. In the 33rd uh, minute. Oh, and and by the way, we... Um, so so in the resulting corner from that Matt Turner situation, Alex Roldan, who I have not yet mentioned, uh, dribbled someone out hard, got the crowd on his Boy. side, and took a nice little shot. So Turner saved that. This was the first sighting I had of the Riot Squad and the first time in the corner, and the first time I realized that this game was being played inside like Mad Max style fences. <laughs> it was it's like welcome to the feet. Thunderdome. <laughs> yeah, this could have been like a battle between robots of some kind, but uh, very very interesting yellow and orange fencing there, uh, pretty intense. Okay. Um, second half, 0-0. Zero, zero. Second half, uh, Debris is finally thrown at a U.S. player, Giovanni Reina, uh, while taking a corner. Um, in the second half, I realized, this is how you know this was a boring game. Um, one of my game recap notes is that one of the El Salvadorian players is uh, an El Salvadorian Matt Miazga. He looks just like Matt Miazga, number four. Loved it. Uh, there was also an El Salvador uh, subs dance happening where they were all warming up in sync with each other. I loved it. A uh, little boy band. That was my highlight there. of the game, too. Yeah, that was awesome. 56-minute Turner finally gets his first uh, or second save. What happened here? Oh, yeah, because Alex Roldan's shot was a miss. My bad. I misspoke there. So it took it took 60 minutes uh, for Turner to get a save. We saw some subs. We got to see uh, Pafak is going on in here. We got to see Anthony Robinson for the Robinson family band. And we got to see Kellen Acosta playing the six, playing the eight, playing left back, playing right back, all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, 66 minute, Wesson gets a yellow, series of fouls, a bunch of fouls. Gio and Aronson are shipping it around left and right, doing different stuff. There's laser pointers going on in the corner. And then uh, we got to see uh, Christian Roldan come on and duel it out with his with his brother, 
Alex Roldan, that was enjoyable. The U.S. near the end of this game did carve out a few chances. A pattern of chipped balls into the box met by headers that just didn't quite make it in. If one of those goes in, we talk about this game in a very different la-la-la-light. GGG, 84th minute. Bounce pass. Let's go. We love those GGG bounce passes. <laughs> Off the turf. You know them. You love them. You love them. And then this game ended with, uh, yeah, uh, my 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 final thing is we're going to end on some symmetry here. Roldan on Roldan. They really did duel it out out there, and then they ultimately would end up exchanging jerseys, an exchange which Christian seemed uh, less, so far more apathetic about uh, than Alex did. But um, you know what? Good on Shouts you, Alex. To Alex. You did it. You earned this. Shouts to Alex. And the GGG Hugo Perez hug at the end of this game was cute. Ty, 0 0, one point. What were your first impressions? There should be no doubt that this is two points lost for the US. And there's this pervasive narrative in US soccer culture that when you go on the road in CONCACAF, you come out of there with a point, that's a success. And that has not been true. And it is even less true now. This team is so much better than the prior teams that we have had going into qualifying. And they need to be getting three points from these situations. At the same time, it is a very understandable thing for the team to err in the first game. I'm not worried. The squad is young, inexperienced in these kind of spots. They're going to need to be in these spots in order to adapt and figure out how to be themselves in these moments. So it's not yet acceptable, but I'm not at all panicked. I'm not nervous about this. It's okay. Got seven more away games to go, and I think the squad will adapt. And Greg will also adapt by seeing which of the players respond well to these kind of situations and which of the players don't. Beautiful. So uh, not good enough and yet understandable. This is exactly this is how forgiveness works. That's right. And what's odd about it is that there is really no suitable preparation. Because the things about the circumstances that are the most challenging are not replicable. You know, even if you went down to play a friendly in El Salvador six months ago, you cannot replicate the pressure of the moment, the stakes, the crowd energy and enthusiasm, the fact that, you know, your bus is getting pelted with stuff on the way in, and the fact that there's a marching band outside your hotel room at three in the morning, and all of those things that are kind of par for the course going on the road in CONCACAF. There's no replacement for experience. So to me, it's the kind of thing you kind of have to learn on the job, and it's okay with me that that's occurring with this group. Now, we did definitely see that there are some personalities that we thought might not work so well as CONCACAF away team personalities. And I'll, I'll just pick on Mr. Josh Sargent here for a minute, oh. because he was, he was more anonymous than ever, you know, his, his usual bad game is like a 10-touch ghost performance. And this was right up there. And he is so clearly a player who has a mentality and mindset issue. And so I think it was a big mistake to start him. And uh, Pifak Siabachu came on and did, did more in 20 minutes than Josh did in his 70 minutes. So I think it's clear that, at, especially on the road, Sargent should not be starting. And he, he that, that should be it. This is, this is his Yule moment where Greg needs to recognize that this just isn't going to happen. 
and we can't afford to fuck around with this. It's interesting you bring up the Yule moment, because there is an even more Yule-y situation going on with this starting lineup than Josh Sargent. Um, so just to, just to address what you said about Josh Sargent first, uh, I agree. I, it has been a long time since Josh Sargent looked like someone who could become the talismanic striker we are looking for. Um, the bar is set low, and we are, we are at a point where we can no longer say, we hope someone else develops into this role. We, got what we, we have what we have. It's qualifiers. The World Cup is now. Let's LFG who's playing good. Um, and it really makes me wonder what could have been with a Matthew Hoppy presence in this camp at the nine. Um, but okay. I wonder exactly the same. Now, yeah. I, I was, this was my other shower thought today. <laughs> I was thinking, well, okay, so I, it appears that the reason Hoppy was not included is because he was in the middle of this transfer. He's now at Mallorca uh, from cool. Schalke permanently. Cool. And that makes sense. That's a good reason. It's, it's a great move. It's perfect. Spain is right up his alley. They're going to love him. He's, he's like a, he's, he's a Danny Olmo, basically. Is he? He's, Wait, yeah, what do you mean by he's that? basically Danny Olmo. <laughs> I so, think so I, I think the, the Spanish are going to love this guy. Hoppy's going to succeed there. And that, you know, makes sense to, to prioritize that. But yeah, man, we really could have used 30 minutes of Matthew Hoppy out there. Mm. Really could have used 30 minutes of, of and yeah, a little inspiration, to, creativity. Does he need to not be here to sign the contract? I don't totally understand. I don't, it's I don't know it's tough because. For like the transfer deadline deals, they have to like fly there day of, get the medical. So so as of the weekend, he's still you know dealing with or you know midweek, he's still still proceeding with this transfer, doing travel, etc. So okay. it would be conceivable for him to get called in and play like the Sunday game and then the next game. That's that could have happened, um, but it, it it makes sense that they would let him just you know settle through that transfer, especially if he was going to mostly sit on the bench. But this is exactly the kind of spot where we really did need that creative spark. And we, we discussed during the match on our live stream that we didn't think Pulisic would have made that much of a difference because Pulisic's not the kind of guy that, that comes in and sort of changes the pattern of the game automatically. He's an amazing weapon to have when the pattern of the game is going your direction, but he doesn't really change the pattern of the game that well. But I think that Hoppy actually has the potential to be someone who can change the pattern of the game because he adds this absurd creativity mm -hmm. that breaks mm -hmm. out of whatever patterns and whatever rhythm the defense is in. You know, they're used to a certain look coming at them, right, from that's the personnel right. that's on the field. And then Hoppy comes on the field, and you, you have no idea what the fuck this guy's going to do. So, anyway, and if you think about it, this makes sense given Matthew Hoppy's life trajectory. He's Dude's been changing the momentum <laughs> of things. Since day one. His music so taste, guy, it's, it's all yeah, it's very unpredictable. This guy, this guy somehow, he's got his toilet flushes going the other direction in whichever hemisphere it is. Uh, he, he's yeah, like, he wears a necktie as a belt. Yeah, he got the, he got the lunch lady serving pizza somehow. Yeah, he definitely has like a new kids on the block kind of uh, anti-establishment vibe. Yeah, what's the one, what's the one where the, they wear the pants backwards? It's the twins who like wear the pants backwards. 
Hit us up. I, on I know what you're WTP talking about, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember. Attempting to make. I don't remember. All right. Yeah. So would have been nice. Uh, Sergeant, no, let's get, let's try some other stuff out. It's, it's not looking good in the Sergeant boat. Speaking of people that we will, that we hope Greg Berhalter will phase out. There was a Tim Ream sighting uh, on this, <laughs> on this lineup. And, and uh, so the, the, of course, there's this, Initial gut reaction from I think a lot of us, a lot of you guys listening, uh, and and myself, of damn it, you know, fucking Tim Ream, and then you kind of look at the roster, you look at the games coming, you think about John Brooks and his you know kneecaps, uh, and you kind of think, okay, well, Tim Ream, he's coming in. This is what Kwame was texting us last night. I guess this is the best situation for Tim Ream. This is the only sort of situation that makes some kind of sense to play Tim Ream. Like, you need experience. You want to rest your other center backs. The problem is... The problem is... The problem, the problem, The problem is... The thing is, though, that this could have been a different center back. Uh, other than Tim Ream, this so this this is a roster choice problem. Uh, Ty, what were your what are your thoughts on the the Tim Ream sighting here? I wasn't too bothered by it because I didn't expect El Salvador to pose so much threat that it would be problematic. Where I think it hurt us the most was the set piece opportunities that someone like a Walker Zimmerman or John Brooks gives you. And I totally accept the logic of not trying to play John Brooks for 270 minutes in a, in a camp. That, that makes a lot of sense, especially the, the first game, being on the road, coming off a game on the weekend. Totally reasonable. But I, I feel like we, we didn't quite have a plan that was suited to Tim Ream's game. Like We were kind of stuck halfway between doing the normal Greg system, 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 and doing some sort of smash and grab, uh, you know, cross-oriented offense. And it, I, I felt like the game was was pretty suited for a center back like Zimmerman to come in and just find that random moment as he has for the U.S. in the past. And I would have no, no more hesitation about him defensively than I do Reem. In fact, I would have less hesitation. So... That's what I would have gone with, but I, I I can see Greg's logic of including Tim Ream in that he wants the center backs to be making these line-breaking passes. He figures El Salvador won't be as intense of a team to, to cover, and so he wants a ball-playing center back there. That makes sense. But I think Zimmerman brings a lot of those same things and also brings that offensive threat that Tim Ream can't possibly bring. And some legs, too. Walker Zimmerman's got legs still. Tim Ream, it, he's like it's playing quicksand out there. It's not good. And the, the, the few positive moments that El Salvador did have were, you know, dribbling around Tim Ream or, you know, finding those little moments where they can just get a quick burst, like you said, a quick burst of acceleration around him where he's just not able to keep up. And, um, you know, the, the argument, it, it, I'll, I'll, I'll extrapolate this to a larger argument, but the argument that, qualifying experience is valuable. It's like, I get that. But Tim Ream's experience in qualifying is playing badly for a team that did not qualify. (laughs) Making multiple important errors 
that led to us not qualifying. This is not the kind of experience I'm looking for. Okay, yeah, yeah. so so it's like if that if it's it's not just that experience is good. There's good experience and bad experience. Right. We got to break out of this. It's like the same the same thing that kept Nick Lima playing. You know, starting games for the U.S. for like 18 months was like. <laughs> He just always had. It's like he had one January camp. He played the one game, and then from he's then got on January out, January camp experience. He's got experience. It's like, <laughs> dude. He, even in his case, like he had a good game. Like Greg's first game, he had a good game, and that was enough to keep him in the the national team picture for. Yeah, um, so it's wild. I it boggles the mind. So this this brings us a little bit back to your your first impressions that the narrative of of getting a tie here is not is not good. There's an old school sort of psychology about a Concacaf that that remains that we need to outgrow. Um, so we're looking for sure people with experience, but hopefully folks who were not the problem when we didn't qualify, and hopefully folks who maybe have grown since that time. So DeAndre Yedlin comes to mind, someone who's a much Completely. more refined player than he was when we didn't qualify. He's he's better than he was then, and he has that experience. So that's a okay. good that's good experience. We like. Yeah, him. totally. I, it reminds me. There's a parallel to the Geo thing. Shower thought, which is like, <laughs> if if that 20 year old Yedlin grew up into this 26 year old Yedlin, imagine what Dest is going to look like in six years. Oh my God! Yeah, because 20 year old Dest is so far ahead of 20 year old. So Yedlin. far ahead. Um, sure. And imagine this really shower thought this, what would Yedlin have become had he, were he 20 years old now? How, you know, he'd be, the door is wide open for his transfer to Europe now. <laughs> All right. I have to say this, um, the mentality thing. So in yeah. the post game, I watched a little bit of the post game. It's, uh, it's, it's Gooch. It's, uh, what's his face? Uh, Chuck. Chuck D with the stanky leg. Charlie Davies, yeah. It's, Chuck D. Uh, it's Clint Dempsey, the deuce, and it's Kate Abdo, okay? And goat. Gooch and Gooch, the goat. Uh, Gooch and, and, and Chuck are saying, not good enough, not good enough. We should beat El Salvador. And Gooch is speaking for the peeps. He's, he's going in hard on how this is not good enough. And Dempsey, he had my take, my take exactly. It is Dempsey whose shrugs, blinks twice. There's a little bit, there's like not too much. He has not much to say and ends up going with, I don't know. I think it, I, I think this went pretty well. Good God. I, my heart broke a tiny bit. When I was Dempsey, pretty disappointed by that as uh, myself. Yeah, I saw that. This well, apathy. I didn't, I didn't quite get the, 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 the diametric opposition was between the Dempsey position and the Onyewu position. I don't know how, yeah. what Davies where, no exactly one knows where what, he landed. Yeah, he's a he's a what's the word? Uh, he's a wordsmith. He he he's a uh, he's a ret- rhetorician. <laughs> he's a rhetorician. <laughs> one of the things I was thinking about in regards to those two players in particular is that in these kind of situations, I believe it is harder to play offense than it is to play defense. Mm. Offense requires more communication, more alignment. You need more things to go right to play well on offense. Whereas to play good defense, you can simplify it down to basics, right? The, you, you don't necessarily, you do have to communicate and, and maintain a good offside line and things like that. 
But it's just a lot easier when the shit is hitting the fan to bunker in and defend than it is to make things happen. So what I see in the, to, to psychologize these gentlemen is that Clint has been in this situation where the team's not functioning, and he can't change it by playing the nine better. There's just nothing he can do. Whereas yeah. on Yewu in those situations, that's his moment to make sure that we at least, you know, succeed. So I think from Onyewu's position, he's looking out at the field going, what the fuck are we doing? Why are we not beating this team? And Dempsey from the other side of the field is like, ah, yeah, that's why we're not beating this team. Yeah. So, so, so to me, there's, there's a little bit of that in there. And um, it is disappointing because I, I, I think Dempsey is such a gamer and he's such an inward locus of control type of person that yeah. he, he should believe in that. But we were discussing how we have total faith that this group of leaders, Adams, McKenney, Polisic, those guys are not going to have that mentality whatsoever. The, we we believe mad. wholeheartedly that those guys are mad and they see this as two points dropped. And that's where this pattern is really going to change. Yeah. They're slamming lockers back there. right? I now. sure hope so. I yeah, sure hope they're, so. They're, they're like that's not a bad some, thing. That's a, a good thing. That's yeah. a good thing. Like they, they, yeah, dude. We prepared two years to draw with this team. Yeah, dude, ridiculous. Christian, Christian rolled in. You didn't even beat your your brother, who is on, on a couch, break. eighteen yeah. months ago. Yes. What the yes. fuck, man? What You're happened, supposed to be dog? the good brother. What happened? What happened, dog? We, the Torgan, he's the Torgan Hazard of the Concacaf. <laughs> he's back, baby. Um, we hope that Christian Roldan comes out on top once again, as he always has done. The supreme Roldan. Uh, Roldan yeah, crime. And, man, <laughs> Optimus Roldan. Optimus Roldan. I love. I love that Geo also is getting the, these these minutes and these experiences. I. I'm wary to to speak about it in this way, but I cannot help it. This cycle is preparing this generation for next cycle. And I realize that we automatically qualify for a World Cup that we host, um, but which I guess changes what I'm saying completely. But anyways, I think these experiences, for, for Gio to be under 20 years old and having these experiences now and learning with Adams and McKenney and Dest and and Aronson as well, and and uh, Conrad, I'll throw you in there. Uh, how to you know how to lead and how to change momentum in games like these is is enormously valuable for not just this cycle, um, but for the next ten years of our U.S. soccer fandom. You know, we're watching a this is a huge arc, uh, and these minutes matter. Eventually, it's going to be Geo with the Tim Ream minutes, and we're all going to be like, "What's up with that? Why aren't you giving?" Why aren't you giving Geo's son <laughs> minutes? Yeah, deuce, deuce, Reina. Um, <clears throat> I bel- trip, trip, Reina. I think that uh, Geo to me is a problem. I saw some takes flying around that he was our best attacking player. I don't, I didn't see that whatsoever. He had he had a couple little moments, but but I. It, his job is to create goals and, and make things happen, and he just really didn't. Um, but so so for me, he's the kind of player who I would be looking at benching in these types of games. I, I certainly think he, because of his importance in the trajectory of the team going forward, it's it he's the one I might still invest in and allow him to have some you know bad away games 
where he's just not he he because he needs that time to adapt. You know what I mean? There's a future payoff there for the rest of qualifying. Uh, but for me, I, I forget the third game already. Um, the, the 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 next away game, I would prefer Honduras. I would prefer someone like Sebastian Legette to start over Gio and have Gio as a weapon, get him angry, get him observing how the game is progressing and and understanding the way that the defense is playing and then coming in to exploit that later on in the game. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 with that. Um so Ty, we have speaking of, we have we have two games ahead. Uh we're we're going to play Canada on Sunday. Canada for that. Canada. Um let's get to let's talk a little bit about what we what to expect from Canada and um what people yeah what should people be looking out for on on Sunday so the canadian team in the gold cup impressed everybody made this excellent uh semifinal run finally lost to mexico just barely in extra time if i recall and they did that without the benefit of some of their better players, including Alfonso Davies, who got injured right before the tournament. So this is the first time that we've really gotten to see this golden generation of Canadian players this mature and this ready to succeed, coming together into a, a tournament setting to, to do their best. They started inauspiciously. This draw with Honduras were kind of frustrated going forward, finally found an equalizer late on in that game. So they're going to be pissed off about that, starting qualifying at home, expecting a win and not getting one. They have talent to burn. I mean, this is it's it's probably the third most talented squad in the region. I think Costa Rica has definitely taken a step backwards. Um, Honduras has never had this kind of firepower, this many you know high level top five European League kind of players. So they they clearly should be among the favorites to qualify. And so what we'll see in the game on Sunday is the extent to which this generation has been um, sort of uh, hampered by the circumstances so far of not being able to get their full team together and whether they can perform, you know, right at the level of a, a U.S. when it comes to a, a home game for the U.S. So we'll find out. Um, we're, we're hoping to see some of Canada's major stars. And as always, I am this is a, sort of like a meta fan of the U.S.-Canada rivalry. I want it to grow. I want it to develop. I want there to be more memories in this rivalry, and this is an opportunity for that. I want to see some fire. Uh, I want. I want, I want a red. I want a red. A red Somewhere. card for Canada would be lovely. Uh, I'll take one of each. One of each. Okay. Yeah, we'll, one of we'll each. Draw on red cards. This is you're you're dancing a dangerous. A dangerous tiptoe dance on some thin, thin ice, my friend. Because if we lose this game, we are coming. We are playing. playing if down we lose course. this game, it's it's panic button time. Yeah, for sure. One one um, point out of the first two games, not that that's not going to work. That's not going to work. And then we go away to Honduras, which is very tired. Always game. dicey. Yeah, we see we see that. So, all right, all right, all right. We want to see some changes in the starting lineup. Ty, you are on record as saying. Until you, you cannot, you, you would not, you shall not, you ought not to judge the GGG until you saw a starting lineup in a World Cup qualifier. In this episode, uh, we have discussed your trust in GGG to phase Tim Ream out. And you referenced Yule uh, when talking about Josh Sargent, a, a successful GGG phase out. 
Um, you're, you're implying to me, I'm doing some active listening here and clarifying what I'm hearing you say, that, that there is some trust for you growing in your heart for JJGGG, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine Greg Berhalter. Um, po- but, post ba- post-vax Berhalter. Post-poke. <laughs> Post-pokey Burr. Uh, Ty, what, but, but allow me to wipe the slate clean here as if, as if I know, as if I know nothing about where you stand on the Greg Burhalter train, where are you at today? I'm firmly in the Greg in community Woo! because of this lineup. It, it's, it's, I didn't see the stats, but it's gotta be one of the youngest lineups we've ever played in world cup qualifying. He places an immense amount of trust in these young players, which is exactly what I would want to see. There's some weirdsies that really piss me off. So, you know, the, the, the bounce passes. The, <laughs> no, the bounce passes are a plus. The fact that he just he just always makes these like very um sort of I, I would I would say obvious mistakes. Like Starting Josh Sargent in this World Cup qualifier, I think it's an obvious mistake. And he does learn, and he does adapt, and I think he will adapt. I don't think Josh Sargent's going to start in Honduras because I've just seen this pattern enough where Greg tries the obvious mistake, it doesn't work, and then he fixes it. And, and to his credit, he fixes it. You know, But I wish he just yeah. wouldn't do it in the first place. The second thing that's kind of related to that is the subs. So I think the first U.S. subs were in the 64th or 65th minute after the Honduran subs. And when you're the team that is trying to take three points, I don't think that's good enough, if you, especially if you have five substitutions. So just change something at the half. Clearly the first half was not good enough. What's the harm in swapping out a, a sergeant or a geo or even a Brendan Aronson who had trouble influencing the game? Just mix something up, you know, change, change the look a little bit. And I think he he waited too long, and we've seen that a couple different times from Greg, which in this era of the five subs is totally illogical. You know, I, I was making this argument when it was three subs that you should almost always make a halftime sub. And I get that it's, you know, it's ostensibly destabilizing, but we had to destabilize that situation. Yeah, that the stability of that situation was bad for us. Yes. So so when when the the game state is not in your favor you need to enhance the entropy of the system. And you can do that by, by making a change that, that impacts the way that the defense has to react. So I, 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 I have these, these critiques, but in general, I believe that Greg is both competent and brave in the choices that he makes around the personnel. This is the moment where I would have expected a coach to revert, you know, to start Christian Roldan, to start the Nick Limas mm. and the, the uh, mm. Daniel Lovitzes of mm. the world because it's the tough moment. You know, it's a, it's a moment where you really have to go out there and, and, and stake a claim and commit to the players who you believe in. And he, he clearly believes in the right players, and we have to give him credit for that. Oh, very well. So well said. You know, when you see one Tim Ream, when I see one Tim Ream, it's so easy to forget about all the other non-Ream names out there. Totally, so totally. Starting, he's the only one in the lineup that's, the that's odd, you know. 
Starting Conrad de la Fuente, I think, is the epitomizes what the the attitude that you're talking about. Totally. You, totally. D- Bruce Arena would never, in one billion Jurgen bucks of years, one billions of years. No, no, no. That Conrad would be Jonathan Lewis. That would be Jonathan Lewis every time. Every single time. The only names in 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 common between Bruce Arenas and GGGs are Tyler Adams and. Maddie Two Hands Turner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I don't know. That's a. I don't know. About but what? That. But anyways, the point is, this is such an extremely young uh, roster, and and as I as I have been saying, welcome to the welcome to the Greg Berhalter experience. Go ahead and get in line. You're gonna get just enough. A little too late. <laughs> that's that is, and that's true about the just subs. enough. A little too late. Yes. That's true and about that, the subs. That's true I, about I feel like the we're gonna. Phase-outs. I feel like this is going to end in a World Cup game where he just doesn't make a fucking sub and we lose, you know. But it's like, all right, if I think this is good enough to to get us there, I think it's good enough to have some success, and I can live with the weirdsies. All righty, all righty, all righty. Well, um, I guess I guess Damn, we bro. could do. Yeah, it's it's about that time, but we could do some quick hopes and fears. We could also do. Do you want to hit him with your? Uh, with your, with your left field idea of hockey subs in soccer and why that's a good idea. How about we close on that? Okay. Okay. Let me let, let me save that for a future episode. I need more time. For All that. right. You want to do some? I hopes need, and I fears need more then? time. Yeah. We'll do hopes, hopes and fears. Kanada. I hope for, of course, as everyone does, a Christian Pulisic sighting. Let's do this thing. I want to see Pulisic on some beautiful, beautiful home field grass. Uh, you know, we're. we're to our against our northern rivals, as uh, as Fox would have us believe, and uh, yeah, I want to see Christian Pulisic looking like the porcelain prince that we all know and love. I want to see a really good Canada team come out and play excellently and lose to the U.S. Oh yeah. So so what I want to see is some Champions League shit out there. Got the perfect yes. field. The circumstances are are right. I want to see Alfonso Davies do amazing Alfonso Davies things, and yes. I want the U.S. to win. So yes. I would, I would, I would just love like a, a three-two thriller, late Pulisic winner kind of situation where oh. it's like, oh shit, Concacaf is happening. Um, goals from the run of play. Goals from the run of play. Exactly. Let's go. Exactly. All Let's right. go. Let's all go. Right. No fears. No fears at all. We're <laughs> no good fears. To go Come this. on. Guys, um, I, I really like uh, opting in to things. So I've, I used to resist technology and I've decided, you know what? When that thing comes up, do you, wanna, do you want to upgrade this software? Opt right in. The newsletter email, I'm opting in. Hit me with that. Let me. I want all the information. I want the brochures and the packets. Yes. Um, yes. And I also. Yes, love, I do want that. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Double opt in. Uh, second time, opt in. Uh, I'm in. I'm fucking Keep in. Keep asking. Keep asking me. And uh, I also love opting in to uh, pick up soccer games. This a, there's a. These are three Big ways fan. in which I love to opt in. And WhatsApp is a great way to do that. I'm on a couple pickup soccer game WhatsApps, and every week there's a series of ins and outs, and I just I love being able to say in. But I don't love any of that stuff as much as I absolutely love these gnats. Let's go, boys. Good job, kids. It's we the peeps.